Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Broken Oars Podcast. And today, we're taking a little bit of a break from our classic theme of working with people who think rowing was always better about 12 years ago. We're now working with people who 12 years ago literally still in short trousers. They weren't even 12. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you guys to um, what is, I think, the best and most amusing rowing account on Instagram, Small Uggs, Big Dreams, um, absolutely not affiliated with the University of <laughs> Club. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Ethan and Archie. Thank you. It's an honour. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, you you are officially our our youngest ever guest. Yeah. So I, I was, we're, I was we're eight like, twelve years ago. We were both eight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just go now? I just feel really old all of a sudden. So I mean, th this is one of these occasions where where you are literally you are Generation Z. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you were you were born this side of the millennium. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. That, that, that's really worrying because and so three years ago i could have been teaching you chemistry yeah oh blind. Uh, yeah chemistry was not one of my <laughs> you're teaching sure me that. chemistry probably not Archie. well there you go okay so guys tell us a little bit about yourself um where you're from what how you got into the sport and you know Obviously, you're not affiliated with the University of Leeds Boat Club, but you can tell us why University of Leeds Boat Club is a great place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm Archie. I'm 20, born in 2001. <laughs> Drive it home. <laughs> you just hammer it home, really. Put the knife in deeper. Um, yeah, I, I'm a second year history and politics at the University of Leeds. I got into the sport. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Mm. That, that is, is the name of the degree. Whether I do it is different. Is there a story there? Is are are you about to jump ship to another course to another well, university? Well, no, I'm just I'm just not the best at being proactive worker. I, I think I'm very good at clutch time. You know, yeah, a week out, red bulls on the table, it gets done. I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm adapting now. I'm doing better. I've got a journal. You know, I'm preparing. <laughs> I'm journaling. As a as of someone who used to lecture in English literature. I'm not sure whether you're my dream student because it sounds like you always get everything in, or whether you're my worst nightmare. I have a feeling it's somewhere in the, it would be somewhere in the middle. I, I, I think it zips depending. Just depending. Evil. I think how close the deadlines you are. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. How, it's what, how many Red Bull Sainsbury's has at the time? Yeah. Well, I, I hate. I hate to think that your investment in your degree is dependent on upon Sainsbury's supply chain. That's terrifying. I'll send you a crate down just in case. Oh, okay. Up at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got into rowing uh, when I was thirteen at my school boat club at Whitgift School. Uh, Whitgift School is uh, quite a big rugby school. Rugby, hockey, cricket is definitely the, the school's priorities. Mm -hmm. um, and we all sort of did two years of rugby in year nine. It was pretty obvious that while I was quite tall, quite big, um, I couldn't catch at all. I could not throw a ball. So that, I mean, that's essentially like you can't throw. Get in a boat. Um, and that's essentially how it started. I was, you know, uh, so sort of 13 into 14, J14, I just learned to row, prioritising the sculling. It's not a massive school boat club. Uh, we had a good quad going going well. And 2020 happened. We never quite got a chance to prove mm -hmm. it. But then, you know, came to Leeds 
And we are not on committee of the University of Leeds Boat Club. We are no. not affiliated with the University of Leeds Boat Club. Any all our opinions are our own and not associated with <laughs> Pretty off, yeah. Yeah. Are some of these opinions fairly salty, I'm guessing? <laughs> I mean, not, not even. I just think I, I think we are, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm Ethan. I'm from Cambridge. I'm studying mechanical engineering at Leeds. Uh, I got into rowing probably around the same age, probably through almost the exact same route. Um, because my school was also better for rugby. So I did about two years of rugby. I did a tour to Dublin, played against the Black Rock School, who Brian O'Driscoll coached. It was the worst. Yeah. I think after that, I was sort of like, I need to find a different sport. My parents were quite pleased. I stopped, I stopped playing rugby. And then I just got a couple of mates together, went down to the stretch of boathouses, just sort of looked around. Um, I, tried, I tried a few out. I ended up settling with Canterbridgean Rowing Club and been with them ever since. Um, sort of rowing at Leeds. Yeah, I mean, didn't race much as a junior. I was more that sort of junior who just show up and mess around a bit. And maybe I, I, I bought my first all-in-one at 17. So I got I got started quite late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then did maybe like a few shocking races at Peter Rogaster in a 15, J15 single. <laughs> Never see that again. But yeah, and then yeah, now at Leeds, I'm, I'm uh, currently rowing and actually this evening racing in the Cambridge Town Bumps, which... I'm as excited for as I am nervous. I'm here to watch. Yeah, I'm here to watch. Have you have you done the Cambridge Town bumps before? Yeah, this is my fifth time doing it. Oh right, okay. So you, it's not, it's not a massively scary thing because you've never done it before. It's just a massively scary thing because you might be impaled on somebody's bow ball. I will say yes and no to that. So it's it's not a scary no because yes, this is my fifth time. However, the first four times, well, I know the first. Two times, but it was in like really low divisions. I was 15. I was racing against probably people up four times my age. And then I, at sixth form, we got a really good crew together. Our coach, we had a nice investment into the club. We bought a new Vespoli 8. I love a Vespoli 8. Oh, don't get the best colour of yellow. Don't get started with this cheese wedge. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did, we did quite well in that year's bumps. This year, we're now going off fourth overall. Um, we've got basically all the top crews in Cambridge around us chasing us. So got some pretty big names from big clubs, under 23s, you know, Leander, Molsey, what whatnot, Cambridge Boat Race winners all around us. So a bit nervous. I'm stroking the boat and bumps. You don't want to do bumps below rate 38. So um I, I, yeah. I, I've just learned they've taken the swords off the end. So I, yes. I don't even know why I made the trip. That is true. Can I just ask a question for maybe yeah. someone who's listening who who doesn't actually know what the bumps are? Can you take us through it? It's not like Agecroft in the Thames Challenge Cup at Henley last year when they no. decided to piratically board someone. You are actually <laughs> allowed to hit the other boats. You have to kind of catch them and bump them. Is that right? Yeah. So imagine a head race, like a classic head race, or like maybe a time trial before a regatta where everyone goes off behind each other. Um, it, start, it starts in that order. So there's about probably 30, I'm not 100% sure of it, so how, how many crews, it's about 20, probably 20, 30 crews in each division. Each crew starts on the bank a length and a half apart from each other. And then at four minutes till start, there's a cannon that goes off. Everyone sets their stopwatches. At one minute, there's a cannon, so that everyone takes the stopwatches. And then about half, about 30 seconds or so, you get pushed down by a massive pole into the middle of the river. You come forward, ready for your racing start, and the, the cox holds a chain attached to the bank. And then, just like easy still, basically. And then, so this is the stressful bit. 
So because of the discrepancy in timing is what happens is your, your bank party will count down from 15. And then, so I'll get to 10 and I'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, and then stop counting because obviously there might be a bit of stopwatch or whatever, um, whatever. So you get to five, it's deathly silence across the whole river and the gun goes and you all go off. And the aim is, is to basically overlap or make contact with the crew in front of you. And if you do, you've bumped that crew. So then you pull the side as fast as you can to let the other crews behind you through, who are also going at race pace as fast as they can. Um, really windy course, loads of crashes, it's carnage. Um, it's great, great spectator sport. Uh, and then, so if you bump someone, it's four days. It happens once every four days. Sorry, it happens for, once a day every for four days. So if you bump someone, you then swap in the order the next day, and your aim is to get up as far as the order as possible, pretty much. So yeah, and then if you bump four people, so once every day, sorry, it's very complicated, there's so much stuff to this. If you bump one person every day, you you then basically win blades, it's called, so you can pay to have a customised blade with your crew names on the spoon. And like it's very, like, it's been, it's been happening since probably 1800s, I think, yeah, it's very old. I, I, I don't, don't let them downplay. We were, we were once staying at a house of a friend before before Agatha, and uh, her parents had a bumps blade, and I, I, I saw his knees collapse at the floor. Yeah, he was, he was in awe. He, he, this, this. this is a tradition thing. This this predates de Corbatan and the Olympic ideal and all the rest of it. This is basically piracy on the high seas. Lou and this is if you've listened to the podcast chats, you, you you'll know we we've we've had our wither rowing. You know what will happen to it in the Olympics kind of questions. Yeah, and I think this is what it's missing. It's got cannons. Apparently, there are yeah. swords on the boat. You have not anymore. anymore unfortunately. I'm not unfortunately. Health and safety gone there. Right, the, the swords have gone. The swords have gone, but you've still got cannons, chains, uh, chains, carnage, a twisty course, watermanship. I mean, this is this is surely what we're looking for in yeah. the Olympics. Um, I honestly have no idea why. I think the only thing that is stopping the Olympic bumps from being <laughs> a thing is um, is literally the Germans' fear of being sued and the, the fact that. I'm not sure how well you could televise it because the cameraman would just be like, oh my God, what do I look at? Which yeah. crap? I, I, I feel like it could be a bit like an F1 race. You know, you, you, you have a lot of cameras and you have to be quite, quite a you know, well-known editor to make the tough calls. Yeah, out. get a drone in there maybe. No, the drone cam on the F1's been bad. I know, yeah, I, well, I mean, it would be a bit... I mean... Ideally, what I'd like is just like loads of cameras everywhere. Every single boat has got its own follow drone camera, yeah. and people can just choose which camera they're watching. You just go on the internet, and you just like, I, I want to see this is my boat. I want to see how they're doing. Oh, they're doing yeah, rubbish. Only the stroke man on a GoPro because yeah. obviously the back, so they can you can see the the other boat coming at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the bow ball getting closer and closer. Yeah. You I can, love it. Footage on YouTube of GoPro footage yeah. from the bumps. Maybe yeah. on like the red button. Like they can have sort of the, the X-rated version, which is like everyone mic'd up. <laughs> is there, is yeah. there language by any chance when when things are happening? Yeah, there's is always because obviously it, the person who decides if it's a bump. So when you get to within a, a length, tradition is that your bank party whistles once, and then when you're half length, they whistle twice. You're when you're quarter of a length, you whistle three times. When you're at a canvas distance, they whistle continuously. 
and then it's up to the cocks of the crew in front of you to put their hand up when they've been bumped. Obviously, a lot of the time the cocks will sort of wait to the very last second. So you've got the bank being like, they've bumped you, they've bumped you, no, they're not, no, they're not. Like, you know, everyone's just screaming and swearing at each other. And in the in the low divisions where it's, you know, masters and juniors, it's all a bit of fun. Like, people will often stop off. I think there's one crew that holds the longest bumps course time because they were the last in the division and they rode down, got out, went to the pub, and got back <laughs> in the boat and then rode over the line. Uh, yeah, but then when you get to the higher divisions, it gets quite competitive. Like Canterbury and Curry hold, like they're the crew in the very top. They have they have the headship, so they're, they're the first crew that goes off. So they'll, they'll be defending that this year. I'll, I'm going off as I'm in the Cantab second crew, um, going off fourth. So we're, we're just aiming to hold the position basically this year. Yeah, I think this says this is what British rowing has been waiting for. I think it needs to come out of Cambridge and come onto every river yeah. in the UK. No, this coastal rowing rubbish. I well, that being said. At the coastal sprints, that's a bucket list, and that mm. was so much fun. I was li- sprint and die for a red button. That's I was listening to um, the episode that you had um, Jack Beaumont on. The yeah. mighty Jack, yes, he's wonderful. Yeah. And he was talking about coastal rowing, and I've always thought had this sort of prejudice against it, because I'm like, oh, it's not real rowing, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's on the sea, it's not real rowing. I don't yeah, care what Jack says. We have a few people at Leeds that come from coastal rowing, you know, they're tapping down as hard as they can <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> Um, canals too flat yeah. one of them said but then it sounds it sounds great though from what Jack was saying yeah. yeah well I, I think you should combine the two like how to do coastal bumps that's proper piracy you know <laughs> to, to be honest I, I've done um a You've coastal done it, rowing race you? and it was actually really good fun I mean I, I actually did one of the probably the most fun one which is deal because it's got two turns rather than one okay. so typically you do a 2k race and you turn at halfway. And the way you turn is you just like slam the oar in. Oh, wow. And on, let me, so I was, yeah, I was on stroke side. So they just say, just keep rowing. Just don't stop rowing. So it's the bow, so it's the bow siders that slam the oar in. Wow. And you just loop around the buoy and come back. And the thing is, you don't go very fast. 2K takes you about 10 minutes. <laughs> it's really, really kind of like, it's kind of like racing tractors. <laughs> At the same time, it's racing tractors on the sea. And it's 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 literally it's mental. So like you're you you're watching these like safety boats, which are essentially fishing trawlers, <laughs> going past you. And you're looking at the wake that they're leaving that's coming towards you, which would completely swamp and destroy an eight or a quad. And you're just thinking that's going to hit me. That's going to hit me in about 30 seconds time. And I have no idea how I'm going to deal with this. Um, and, along with, and to be honest, it's just a really, really nice atmosphere to sort of like th- those guys who come from coastal rowing, if you get the chance, it's like go and have a row at one of their clubs. It's really good fun. It's a really nice day out as well. I would love to try it. I mean, I'll make Finn. She's got all, her, her kit's awesome. So yeah. like, I, it's, it's, got, it's got a great kit. So yeah, I, I want to go down. She's not yeah. that far away, man. Yeah, just just do it for the kit. I mean, you know, just just do it for the t-shirt and wow. the and the story. I think Andy Hodge did some on holiday. Although he's actually just a proper coastal rowing because he's just he's just completed a round Britain um, row of uh, however many thousand miles it is. Depending on on which 
which Wikipedia page, we've either got 7,000 miles of coastline or 11,000 miles. So some geography students got that badly wrong. I'd like to say that I do coastal rowing without ever leaving the river because the Tyne is heavily tidal twice a day. So I, I don't need to go down to, you know, Tynemouth or Whitley Bay. The and sea comes to us. menaced by seals. Yeah. yeah, we get menaced by seals in Newcastle. It's great. You're out there and you're single and this head just comes up going, you're a long way from home, bonnie lad. <laughs> no, I think the plan is great, especially the big pine head races. So when you see like, yeah. if you're lucky, you see someone's absolutely plant into the mud, mud bank. I remember, um, so both, both <laughs> we raced the time we, twice. twice. Yeah, yeah, no, we got Buck's it. head and uh, Rutherford. Rutherford. Yeah. Rutherford's a great head, yeah. That was so much fun. And I, well, I think there's a video that went, that went kind of viral of the two people who was like home races, a Newcastle, and then an Edinburgh crew just slamming it into a, into a mud bank. Yeah, the banks are deceptive. Um, the tide comes up pretty quick, and and actually, when the tide's not up, it's quite a it's, there's quite a lot of foreshore. So when the tide starts coming up, you think you've got more around the bend than you have until you go, oh, heavy catch, really heavy catch. <laughs> yeah. So why did you why did you choose Leeds? We know that you're both rowers from school, but was Leeds? It was your course, or did, was there something about the magic of Yorkshire that drew you towards it? <laughs> I've got a very boring answer to that, out. which, yeah, good. So I just looked at the lead tables for engineering and then chose accordingly. Okay. Leeds is, I think it was fourth for mathematics engineering um, the year that I joined. So I just chose that. And then by, by chance, happened to be a great university. Uh, it's lovely living in Yorkshire. So, um, yeah. Great bike club, yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've got a whole thing. So my, I, I've got a lot of family in Leeds, so I've, I've been a few times. Um, yeah, and then so I, I looked at the course, and I think with sort of, I mean, you, you might get this historian like with university courses with history and politics. There's so many different courses with so many different names, that are essentially the same thing. Yeah. So my whole course name is international history and politics. It's not a dual honors degree; it's a single degree that just does a bit of both. Right. Uh, so I just looked at the course and I was like, yeah, all these modules are great. I love that. I, I went to visit, stayed with my family. It's like, this place is amazing. Mm. I, I looked at all the stats. I looked at people's night out reviews. And I was like, yeah, this is so much fun. And the cherry on the cake was, I looked at how they were in the rowing. And this was, um, I mean, this is the, the one success story. This is when our, our sculler, Matt Brigham, mm -hmm. uh, beat Marty Drysdale at Diamond Skulls. And that was yeah. it. He's probably absolutely sick of it, the poor guy. He gets mentioned yeah. like, all the time. The point, because... Whenever he sees us, like he'll just like, swamp my fanboys. Yeah. He is the lead success story, in, indeed. Yeah. It's a great race. You should watch it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. yeah. Marty Drysdale versus uh, Matt Brigham. In the diamonds, what a couple of years back, or this was 2018, 20, was it? 2018 yeah, no, 20, that's 2019 because that same year, Mah Mahi won the grand anyway, so he didn't, he didn't care too much, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, to yeah. be Mahi, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was, yeah, Diamond Scott, he was 23, I think he was 23, so yeah. he's still a full time medical student at Leeds, yeah, on Yorkshire Star, and then just. The announcer that doesn't even know his name in the commentary. She's like, just oh, this Lee Scholar. Like Lee's you know. like very awkwardly looks down. Matt Brigham. Yeah. Oh, he's he's great, and the poor guy, he's now a god. Well, well, he's right he's at the end now. Yeah. Superb. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to see it's not just Agecroft and Mancunian barbarians who occasionally breach the gates at um, at <laughs> Henley. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like you're saying that back in the glory days of 1994, <laughs> the, the greatest decade that God gave mankind. Um, and I will brook no argument on that one. Okay. Um, 
when I had the choice between going to Leeds and going to UCL, I made a bit, bit of a mistake. Well, I mean, on the road side, UCL, like, you got, we, you got we, um, so our Cox at Leeds, her twin sister was a UCL Cox. She now has coxing for UL, the women's cruise. Both fantastic Coxes. So through Darcy, we sort of got in contact with, and I think, I think it was Henley last year in Mahiki yeah. actually as well, it was probably a lot to do with it. We, uh, we're quite good friends with the UCL men's captain. And they seem like a really good... Yeah, they seem like the, lovely, the UCL yeah. club, they're all lovely. I think they, they but like us, they kind of just, you know, go for scraps, go for scouts, have some fun. Yeah. In terms of, you know, going to university in London, having, you know, grew up there... I'm her, I'd rather go there. to uni in Leeds in London, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how's yeah. it work? Yeah. <laughs> Were you actually on for Leeds, Lou? And did you, uh, and why yeah, did you yeah, not so go? Was it, like... was it basically you didn't have your passport at that time and you couldn't go passport? <laughs> <laughs> um, they did ask me about that, but but no, I, I was fully documented. Um, no, I, I was, it was, um, I'm going to blame my dad because he's not here <laughs> to defend himself anymore. But essentially it was Leeds or UCL for my course, which was biotechnology. And he called around like a bunch of industry guys. Um, and he said, where should my son go? Leeds or UCL? Mm. And they basically all said UCL. Um, and that was kind of, I don't think it was strictly fair because realistically they both got really, really good biochemical engineering departments. And that's the heart of, yeah. Yeah, kind of biotechnology. I mean, I, I can't, I can't talk for bioengineering sort of standards, uh, nor for really history standards. But I've had the time of my life at Leeds. Yeah, mm. uh, and I also do a degree. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you phrased that. It's beautiful. That that's what every student experience should be. It's good. And and to be fair, and I'm not going to put my socialist hat on because I'm not actually socialist. I'm broadly centrist, despite what Loon says on the podcast. Uh, I think that if you're paying that much for a, a degree, then you should certainly enjoy it as much as you possibly can. I mean, they're both they're both Russell groups, um, UCL and, and Leeds. Yeah. So, and I guess Lewin was was that pre-league tables and pre-research excellence frameworks. It would be, wouldn't it? God, going back that far, it's like pre-automatic gearboxes. Um, yeah, horse and cart. Around. Yeah, I mean... Pigeons for text messages, all that stuff. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite deceiving. Put it, put it this way. They, they've had ergos for less than a decade at that point. Wow. <laughs> to give you an idea. I mean, to put this in its correct historical context, the concept to model B was like the creme de la creme of rowing strength training at that point it's practically like, biblical times it is um but okay so guys you've got to you've got to lead you've had all your shots you've got your passport um and you've come up with this whole kind of this instagram account small Erg's big dreams which has got vastly more followers than our instagram account mm -hmm. Tell us what it's all about. Tell us why you've like come up with this idea. Um, I'm looking at you and you both do seem to be healthy, fit and full of the joys of you. So I don't actually believe you've got like tiny ergs. I wouldn't say the, I wouldn't say the tiny ergs. I mean, the more it's more, it's, it's, it's more that they're not world breaking. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's stuff that HPG will laugh at. Yeah, it's, um, I, th I, th I think what it was, I mean, first we just wanted to sort of do a little document our journey in the squad. 
Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of turned into just just having fun. Like, I think like in, it, tur- it turned the first sort of month or two we had it kind of just turned into sort of like a private like yeah. night out documentation. It started off a lot less, a lot more explicit, I'd say. Yeah, and like, it, it was also a private account initially, and then we realised this is actually kind of fun. Yeah, and we just yeah. We, we opened up to the masses. And um, I mean, we, we, we did it, and we just we just wanted to have fun. I mean, we, we kind of didn't really know each other. We didn't know so much, because yeah. you were in the intermediate squad in first year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we, we were both men's captains last year at Leeds. And so we, yeah, like I said, we didn't row in the same squad in our first years at the university. We both, I believe, I had like a, a similar joke Instagram account for my squad at sixth form. Me, me which too. Also, I, yeah. I, school I think well. it is definitely like, a it's trend. Very common thing. Yeah, we're not. We're far, I think most squads have like UCL have one. Yeah. Sort of Sheffield York. Are they all like? I think pretty much all squads that aren't HBCs probably a few HBCs do as well. Yeah. Like uh, rest in peace, Newcastle Novies. That's a great, great account. That's yeah, like, but yeah. I, I think it's we just like like Archie's saying. It started off as a bit of a joke, you know, just so we can take the mic out on bits and bobs we've heard and post crew profiles, and then we sort of realised that more and more people were following. I, see, see, it, and... I, th- I think what really kicked it off was before Bucks Regatta. You saw we were dr- that both our eight and our four. Was um was yes. being followed down the time trial by Brooks A. Uh-huh. So I think you you sent me one meme about like it's, you know it's still in, almost like you know in Star Wars the Ranger the Sith yeah Ranger the Sith and Obi Wan Kenobi is looking down at Anakin and what has it go it's, it's over Anakin, Anakin. I, I have the high ground <laughs> it was that so oh oh we were going off the four Brooks in the time trial so we were. That was the general gist yeah, so of the He's done that to me. I went down like a spiral. <laughs> I just I, I yeah. made like another five memes, essentially all the same joke. Yeah. Um essentially just kind of taking the thing about like how look, like we're not better than Brooks. Yeah. It's almost joking how we're we're gonna fight Brooks for this. Yeah. Uh that got posted and that just blew, blew up. I saw yeah. a nice like post and it was like we ended up like a bunch of Brooks people followed us as well. Yeah. Like, oh, this is very scary. And we, I think we decided at that point, like, let's do it properly. Let's yeah, we, we opened it up. We made it non private. We sort of took out all the swearing and less PG yeah. stuff from the previous stuff we'd made. And um, yeah, I think we also had a, had a camp in Loch Lomond this year, which is lovely, footage. which is some great drone footage and stuff. So we've put some stuff on, about that on there. That's quite a good perception. Um, and then yeah. I mean, really, we just we just kind of there and just let's let's have fun with it. Let, let's yeah. you know, we have so much fun kind of together and like it not just like Roma, just with our squad on and off the water. Let's yeah. you know, let's document that and let's see if people like it. And they it's also a, I think I believe it's a brilliant way to engage sort of prospective university That's rowers right, yeah. because you get a lot of well, this is, what, this is exactly what happened to me. So. In sixth form, I was training like crazy. I was rowing for my school I was and much my better club. Than yeah, I was. Now. I was probably better than I was when I was seventeen, sixteen. And you know, and I came to university, and I was like, I didn't even look. I didn't even look at rowing at Leeds until about a year into my degree because I, I, I joined like the sort of social squad at Leeds. Didn't really. I maybe went like once a month. I didn't really go. And then you know, eventually, I thought oh, I actually really miss rowing. I miss doing well. I miss training. I'm gonna get back into it. A lot of people who row when they're juniors might have experiences where they're like, I don't really want to do this university. You know, I want to focus on, like you said, Aaron, like 
the social side rather than because you know you're paying all the money to go to university, you want to have a good mm. time. And I think small erg is all about promoting Although, that you can row and do all the training and go to university and have fun, you know. Like, um, like yeah. it's not like we don't do anything, right? We sort of what we, we qualified 13 at Bucks. Like we equal, we were not putting second off the semi-finals with equal Durham B. We won and the Marlow B final. We won the Marlow B. I mean, yes, we qualified 13th and then slipped down four places because we got overtaken. But you yeah. know, that, that's irrelevant. We'll, we'll focus on the 13. Yeah, but mm. it, it, it's a good advert for, I think, for people who are coming to Leeds or deciding on whether they, they want to go to Leeds or UCL. Perhaps, or just, or even, even if like someone's considering if they want to row, like, yeah, like I don't want, I don't want to act like Leeds have got monopoly over sort of having fun while rowing because we don't we no. just we just have the biggest instagram account yeah well yeah i mean we we've kind of touched on this on the pod before and it seems that there are a lot of universities out there that are more or less saying come here and live in the boathouse and we'll and we'll make you win henley and the rest of it is almost kind of, you know, the rest of university life, everything is almost secondary. Yeah. I mean, from being students, from talking to other people at races and like meeting people, is, is that a reasonable I mean, you, I mean, I think we both know people at, at some HPCs, and it's a mix. I mean, you have some people that are there, they're thriving, oh, yeah. like all that, that training, that intensity, it does, it, it helps them like that. Like for some people, if they're, if they're sort of exercising themselves to death, that helps your academics. And like, yeah. I know some people that are, want to get to trials, want to go, want to win Henley, and they're on that path. I know some people that are struggling. You do notice that at university, or in university rowing, you get yes. people who, like we have people who do all the training as much as possible plus extra plus extra and then are doing medicine or engineering or you know like people who can do everything yeah for, for those sort of people the training is like routine that hpcs provide and like that uh, opportunity to have something else to excel at i mean it's I, brilliant I, yeah. like their programs are like you know there's a reason why they're hpc they're fantastic i mean i've heard lots of podcasts with sort of with cat bishop and kate sullivan also kate sullivan is sort of still very involved with, with Leeds university yeah I mean, she's a Leeds alumni i'd like to say that we're friends but i'm just so i'm <laughs> all of her but every time i see her, we have a nice conversation but yeah. then she, she i'm always like a bit starstruck every time uh -huh. she's and lovely time, yeah, yeah, we we were a bit like that on the podcast afterwards. I know, like, it's hard, it's hard not to be because she's, just, yeah, she's just she's so nice, but so important. Yeah, the four the four we row in is like yeah, yeah, our, our four is called Kate Sullivan, yeah. and um, she, she, she's great, I and mean, she's kind of almost helped help me develop like, this idea that it's okay to you know just go for fun, and like 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 she said on your podcast, same with sort of Gabby, it's it's good that we have these elite programs. It's good that there's people that are pushing themselves to the max to achieve the pinnacle of the sport, but. I think it's important that not only is there an alternative, but that's advertised. Because I know as a junior, kind of going look at universities, there's not really any media or any sort of sort of examples of how like, look, there's other options. Because yeah, it's great that there's not just high performance programs, but a, a wide option of high performance programs at a range of different universities. That's great. And I'm not trying to dispute that. I just think that there needs to be more attention to the fact that there's nearly every university well, a lot of universities at least do rowing to a wide range of difference. I mean, we've got like eight squads, yeah. like through beginner, social, sort of performance, coxes. Like it's, we, we've got such a wide range of opportunities. And I just think, 
I, I wish I knew how, yeah. how much fun rowing was before I just kind of stumbled into it because, mm-hmm. you know, well, oh, well, cause I was in, oh, my first year was pretty much in lockdown. I needed something to do that wasn't sit my com. Yeah. I think the other thing is, um, everyone has that, those experiences in rowing where it's like, you know, you're on the water at 6am and it's minus two degrees and you're there like, why on earth am I here? And like, why am I getting up at this early to row? And then you get back and you're like, oh, I'm never doing that again. And then you go and do it the next day anyway. And you can't really explain. It's hard yeah. to explain why we do, why rowers row. Um, but just because you're rowing all the time. All our friends say it's a cult. I didn't yeah, know, rowing is, cult. I believe rowing is a slight cult in some it's, ways. I mean, do, do we know anyone in the boat club that isn't dating someone else that's a rower? Yeah, I don't think we do. Right, well, actually, <laughs> you're dating a rower, I'm dating a rower. Yeah. Everyone's dating a rower. Yeah. No one ever mentions that it's one of the it's one of the, the university's greatest ever matchmaking services. And mm-hmm. then when you leave university and go to another club, it because if you're not then already with someone, it becomes yet another matchmaking and dating service. It's I think pretty much every- incestuous club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the, I take that back. Like, that's not the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the committee. That's <laughs> <laughs> that something else. We're a close knit community. That's a better one. There's, that's there's, that's worse there's well. more to rowing. Like the, the social side of rowing is a fantastic side of the sport like something else is the best night out in the country i'm not fighting that i'm gonna i'm gonna quote jack again from that podcast where he said every boat club should have a bar in it i thought that was brilliant and i i completely agree with that because you meet so many but my my mum used to row at peterborough about 35 probably years ago or whatever and then she stopped for about 20 years and now she started rowing again and she's made loads of friends she goes out all the time you know and she's uh, the, the, the crew she rows with their crew emblem is a is a bottle of is a glass of prosecco, and the, the crew is called Rax Out, and it's a women's crew. You know, it's it, it's all a joke, <laughs> and like but it's she, she's having the best time. Like rowing isn't just like what's that? Rowing's advertises so much li- less than what it actually is. I believe at university. Uh, I, so. I think well, that's the thing. In this country, rowing's such uh, like not a big sport in the public eye until the Olympics, uh-huh. where you see all this, where you all see us often, race, you know, boat race in the Olympics, you see often sort of the best of the sport, especially not, not so much in Tokyo, but before that, we were by far one of the best rowing nations in the world. In Tokyo, we did, we did, we did fine. I mean, I've, I know you've already talked about mm. what happened there. Uh, but I mean, so I think due to that, there, there's much less attention to those that either have given up rowing or want to start that there's there's so much other options than just you know being being an olympian yeah it, it, it's, it's amazing how many people do, how many people do rowing how nationwide it, it, it's it's becoming not there yet obviously i think there needs to be more done in the north but um it's becoming nationwide it's becoming grassroots and it's not just this exclusive posh sport and i think yeah. people like kate o'sullivan are doing such a great job with that in, in yorkshire especially sort of with the gorse trust there's such there's such amazing efforts to kind of make it inclusive and i think we're just gr- glad that yeah. we can be a part of that not yeah. just sort of just as individuals that's so, really refreshing do you not think so loon because we, we do you remember when we had rory copus on and he said basically if if you want to row at university don't come to oxford brooks unless you've got these scores and then we yeah. talked to, we talked to andy hodge and he basically said that you know 
and I, I don't want to put words in the great man's mouth, but he, you know, he said he wasn't, he didn't excel at school. He didn't have anything that he was great at. And then he found rowing at university and it became, it became his path. And now he's dedicating his post, his post high performance career, his post elite career to getting more people, more children into it because of what it can offer. Yeah. And, and we've been kind of going, well, you know, if it is just, if it is just all HP programs, how many people are going to miss out? when we know that, that rowing is struggling for numbers. And you're basically saying, look, there are still even Russell Group universities where yes, there's an HP program. And if you want to go for Penley and what have you, you can, but also you can just come down and just have fun. And when you talk about, you know, why do we do it? I, I've been trying to work this out for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think there's something almost, and I don't want to get esoteric because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old and, and, and wizened and disillusioned, but there's, is there not something magical about moving a boat through the water yeah. when it's going well? There's just something great about it. It's an addictive feeling. See, really I, I think, I've had a theory for a while that I think rowing is meditative because it's a constant rhythmic movement that you have to be focused on to, do, to perform. Like, you know, you can't be thinking about what you have for dinner. You've got to get your catches in, your finishes out, whatever. So it clears your mind. Like, for example, literally today, I've, I'm currently looking for housing in Wisconsin and America for my study abroad next year. It's very stressful. And I, for, I was cycling home after the outing. I looked at my phone, like, I saw a message about it, and I realised I'd just forgotten about it for about two hours. You know, I hadn't even thought about it. I was just thinking about rowing, you know. So it's, it's quite a nice... It's a nice cleanse, you know, yeah, I guess. It, it, it's such a relaxed focus, because obviously you can't be tense, you need to be relaxed, but it's also about yeah. sort of moving as one, as a unit. It's, just, it's a mix of sort of power, but sort of gentle calmness. Yeah. It's it's such a, I think, sort of the blend of emotion you need. Mm -hmm. mm. But, but, you're, but you're also, I mean, you, you're 0.1 seconds off Durham B, and, you know, we know oh, no, that... 0.1 seconds off the semis, we matched Durham B. Right, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but, <laughs> We, we we obviously know Dan Armstrong, who's assistant coach at uh, at Durham, and he's been on the pod, and he's a he's a is a lovely is a lovely man and a great coach. And I'm not just saying that because he might listen to this, but he might. Um, but the Durham boats did really well at Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you you know you. Most of the north as well. Mm. Yeah, you might be having fun and 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 you know burning the not just burning the candle at both ends, but literally throwing it on the fire and jumping in after it. But you, <laughs> you you're actually still getting through the work. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say this was Durham B in the but in the Bucks second eight category, intermediate category. Yeah. So right. Bucks, Bucks A was in you Bucks chat. So but the way Bucks works is the champ category, and I think with the way the rules are, like the champ only usually has about six entries. Yeah. So I think I think they need to reform it, but that's just my own opinion that will take a lot longer this podcast has this is like a 24-hour seminar i have go I for it go for it we we, we know the champ and intermediate and then yeah. you have sort of second like so you get six crews in champ which obviously like brooks a so durham a are in champ then yeah. durham, then it's intermediate to so durham a intermediate durham b so technically the durham third is durham yeah. c but that, that's that, that's besides the they call durham a, b hpps will have more than those people will have more than one good crew. There's more than six incredibly fast crews in the UK. So yeah, you know, Brooks B at head of the river were like very close they, to their Brooks A. Crew. But didn't they? They was Brooks A B one two, wasn't it? But, um, oh, just that head of the river, they they had some. I don't think yeah. they were all tuned to have some Taurus. Yeah, guys, yeah. but yeah, still like, allowed to do. Oh it, God, it, Taurus. It, it means in the intermediate category, which is meant to, uh, the, the spirit of it at least, is meant to be for people like us who don't have 
you know, the, funding. the funding or the time or the, the, the willpower <laughs> to train that hard. And then you still get a, like incredibly quick crews who are, do have the funding and the time just absolutely smashing us. Mm. You know? Yeah. But it was great to see Bristol winning the, mm. the men's eight and Bristol four. also as well as Diamond. And they're not on HBC. I mean, they, they had a very good years. crew, but they're, they're not on HBC. No, they, yeah. they, they kind of did it off their own back. Yeah. And, who, um, who, who was coaching at Bristol and the programme is obviously working, so and, um, that's off to them. And yeah. they've got some very, very good individual roles yeah. as well. Well, I mean, that, that eight as well did, did stunning, right? Yeah. And they qualify, and to qualify for Temple, because they, like, they they qualify for Temple and PA. This is, I think that's a good example. I mean, I know, yeah. I've heard from some Bristol individuals, I'm not speaking on behalf of their club, but I know some other individuals want to become an H an HPP and get that funding. Because yeah. obviously, I mean, who wouldn't want to get funding for their club? But I mean, just the fact that they managed to do it is great. But I mean, that's a good, that's a bit of an anomaly in intermediates. Usually, it's you know Brooks, 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 Durham A, Durham A. So I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not rant over. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I, I, again, as I've said, I'm not against HPPs. They're great. It's good that we're pushing sport forward. Yeah. But I mean, leave some for us, guys. You know. Yeah. No, it's it's. I take the point. It's basically when when you go to books, you basically have six crews who are always going to be in that in that category, who are always going to fight it out between themselves. But then in your in the category where it's people who who've either just you know come to university and started, or who haven't yeah. quite got to that, yeah, you're actually getting you're actually getting crews that that should be in a different category. Um, yeah, we 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 know what you mean, and also because we also know that British rowing listens to us, and they usually go, "Oh God, it's not them again." They might. Take you know they might pay some attention to I, it. I would definitely um get get sort of a, someone that probably coaches an HPPs of performance this because yeah. this is a very we are just biased, year olds. very very bitter opinion. <laughs> I, I like I like to, this is kind of driven by by envy. In fact, most most of my opinions on my headphones are envious. So I wish I was that good. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, we... basically, it's like me and Tim's rowing club. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just like a deep never bottomless pit of like spite and envy where and can i ask like, where, where does that come from does that predate them cheating this year oh yeah massively i mean this is your your pod but basically i developed this i suppose it'd be like a phobia of thames rowing club <laughs> um in about 2000 and I'm going to go 2005. Like an allergy uh, to them. Yeah, and it's basically... We, we, we hadn't started school then. So we were just, just to, Yeah, just to, <laughs> when, when you were like three years old in nursery. And um, we, we were racing the fours head in the Cox Four. It's like, it's, okay, guys, it was senior three. You you don't even remember senior three. So we it's none of this like club and champ and elite. It's, it was just like you know you have points and um basically this thames crew who started like two boats after us um got overlap with us by hammersmith bridge because we ran into traffic right and i just spent the next nine minutes just focused on their bowman and he he's this guy with a really big microphone afro so he's like uh-huh. really like visually of obvious and it's just like right just push him away every stroke push him away i was just like growling that the cops because it's like a stern laden cops and just like tell them push him away each stroke just push him away one inch a stroke go and in the end so they'd gone from like starting off 20 seconds behind us 
the getting overlap. Mm-hmm. And then we moved out to 26 seconds ahead of them. But it just like took so much hatred and emotional energy. It's never actually left me. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, I'm now like allergic to dark side. I kind of got a similar story. I don't know if you've the same, but the Bucks, the Buc- the Durham crew that we were matched against in Durham. In, well, matched, oh my God. The Durham crew we, we got the same qualifying time as at Bucks Regatta. It wasn't exactly the same crew, but a lot of those guys were in the same crew at Buck's Head that stormed past the terrain. We were having a good race. We overtook a few crews and then literally just like a bullet train, this Durham crew. Yeah. And we then later saw the exact same guys at the pub pub in Newcastle afterwards. Lovely guys. Oh, they're they're really, really nice nice guys. But like, it was was just so bad to see. Just (laughs) just most of the time, I think think this race is going well. (laughs) Yeah. Just just yeah it's horrible yeah we've all uh, had those experiences green lake <laughs> oh god no i, I mean the, the thing is i don't even remember what green lakes lycra looked like because i saw them for such a small amount of race <laughs> um there's just like yeah, yeah. Doppler, Doppler, Doppler. yeah we're running for time there i mean it's, it's so insane how good some people are mm-hmm. i mean so obviously in leeds probably like Oh, another great thing about these we have the Yorkshire Star Centre, so you know, with, with the GP Star Centres. Uh-huh. So with Yorkshire Star, like we get some very, very good athletes. We have we have one we have one girl, I'm not sure she wanted to We had this one girl, Katie, she's now at Leander, uh, was in the Stoner Challenge at Henley this year. And in January, um, not many people were back. So we were just doing this time trial in a single and I started a minute, a minute ahead of her. And I'm, I'm I, I, I think I'm not that bad in a single. I, I, I fancy myself and I was going. I was right capped. She wasn't even so. A minute, I was a minute ahead, and I just saw her just coming, yeah. coming, coming. I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is so so bad." And in the end, I abandoned that right cap. Uh, I completely sprinted to the finish. I think I think Casey's thirty minute time distance even is about ten meters less than mine. Um, you know, it's the the, the guys in Yorkshire start like They're very good. You, know, you think you know. You get to university, and I'm like, I'm I'm kind of good at rowing. I had the fastest two k in my eight at sixth form. And you get to the university, <laughs> and then you know you see like six foot eight, seventeen year olds who are deadlifting more than you can squat. You know, just yeah, squat more than you can deadlift. Or squat more than deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but again, like yeah, shout out to Katie Mole. We love you. She mm-hmm. knows this. We tell her all the time. Yeah, I dread to ask if it's ten meters less than your thirty minute time. What what is it? Because I'm now thinking of my thirty minute time. I think. Oh, my last, I know yours is. My most recent is about, I got 7.850, I think, distance. Mm-hmm. I was about 7.830, I think. Okay. Yeah. Pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Uh, I'm I'm over 8K, just, you know, it's not to... No, 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 just to... Who's counting? Yeah, what's who's counting? Yeah. What's your, what's your 2K, Archie? It's slower than mine. It's only a little bit slower than yours. Are, are we putting cards on... On I mean, Lewin's going to be... Mine was 8439, was my PB at Agecroft. Lewin, what, what yours was 87-something, wasn't it? 87 from about... Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah. So you've got decades on us and you've got decades to basically pass us and we've got no doubt that, that you will. Um, Lewin's 2K time is just ridiculous. So let's just move, move skip merrily on oh, to God, something else. I'd, I'd love to know. What is it? Yeah, I, I got it down to 6.09. Wow. Um, Andy was ill on the day. So and that, I mean, that was 
literally that that was before i had kids i was 36 <laughs> i've been training for god knows how long at that point i mean so yeah that what do you um, what do you what do you make your boat lads what do you make your boat yeah i think it's great yeah, yeah maybe like seven pig yeah yeah so we've touched upon the fact that you're at university of leeds and it's wonderful mm -hmm. um for many different reasons and that wasn't meant facetiously but when we had to, when when dan was on he talked about the pressures of balancing um work uh, we 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 know that that at least one of you re relies on red bull and being very very good when the deadline is approaching um my mom's listened to this i shouldn't have said that <laughs> we'll cut that bit out it's fine um no we won't mum you, 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 you need to rein them in you need to rein them in um you're both doing different degrees, so I guess you have different amounts of contact time. What is the kind of split between uh, what's your kind of contact time for the the politics and the engineering, and how are you balancing all that with the training and the the nightlife? I mean, I have four hours contact a week. Yeah. You, are, you as the as I believe the children say, you are I'm shitting paying, me. Is that all? I'm, I'm paying, paying for his degree. degree yeah. No, but I, I do have. As, when I say I don't do no work, that's me exactly. That's me embellishing. Now I'm a. If I have anything else, I'm a storyteller. And also, you do good. You do well. I do. So, I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not failing my degree by any yeah. at all. I do do quite well. I do okay. a lot of reading, a lot of background stuff, and I do do that. I I think uh, so. Contact hours. I think I'm about twenty two a week. Okay. But then at the start of the year, you get like a sort of introductory talk to engineering and they say, we want you to be working like minimum 40 hours a week. And that's yeah. like, in order to pass, to get 40%, we want you to do 40 hours a week. Ideally, you'd be aiming for 60. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've managed 60 a week for very many weeks. Well, I, th I think I've, it, I've definitely more it's more than 40. It's very different. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, the benefit of my degree is I find it very easy to um, to balance it around Rome because the majority of my work involves sort of my own research, reading, going to the library, you know, online resources, um, notes. I mean, I, I find it very easy in terms of sort of life as well. I mean, it's it's well known that rowers don't have social lives, so well, I, I think they, they do with the other rowers. <laughs> yeah, so I've done I've done I've done amazingly well to keep friends that aren't rowers. I think mm. I'm very proud that I even have friends that don't row. It's it's stunning to me. Yeah. But um, you're I, the first I, I, one we've met. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, he says what's on a rowing podcast with other rowers. Yeah. Yeah. Living at, at a rower's house, watching some rowing. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Because um, the the metric used to be that for every hour of contact time, uh, you did three hours. Uh, this is in in English and combined honors and that kind of thing. So so the, I think there was something like nine to twelve hours of contact time. You're supposed to do three hours for every hour that you had with a lecture, which added up to a full-time degree. Right. And, and that's kind of the clue is in the title. Even though you might only see your, your lecturers or your seminar leaders for X amount of time, yeah. from, Monday, from Monday to Friday, it's supposed to be like a full-time job. Most, most work I do will be on my own. Like, I, I will, I've got a few spots in university where I'll, I will stay until midnight, 1 a.m., some evenings working, and I'll get mm. up. And, you know. I, I feel like... I, I again I, I work much better just getting everything all done at once. Yeah, so I need to I, 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 so for, for me it's just like a big essay. I need to set deadline like 
like I need to pretend like the this first chapter needs to be like is the deadline is something then I get it done because if I just leave it mm. yeah I'm just do you know what it was it was COVID let's blame COVID that's it it's not me <laughs> it's because it's because I never had to actually revise my A levels because it's just about two weeks before I was like yeah okay we should probably start revising and I'm like hey, yeah cancel yeah. So you know, I bl- I blame coronavirus. Yeah, it's not me. I'm I'm. I'm I mean, fine. speaking as a teacher who teaches through GCSE and A levels, it's not entirely unreasonable to blame <laughs> that because actually, I mean, obviously we didn't see it with the guys who are leaving or doing their A levels. The guys who didn't do GCSEs, who didn't study for their GCSEs. My younger brother, for example, yeah. Yeah, they are just a completely different bunch of kids mm-hmm. from the guys who'd been through that whole process of essentially having to sit down and force themselves to learn for six, maybe even eight weeks before the exam. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I mean, teacher assessed grades were, Oof. you know, we, we were, to be honest, we were really good at our school and it was like, absolutely no, we must maintain our integrity. Nobody can, you know, if anybody comes back and questions how we gave out these grades, we've just got to give them chapter and verse. Yeah. Uh, it was the fact that, you know, we gave people, you know, in chemistry, we gave them five exams and you had to get your grade in three of them. So all the kids knew that they just had to do well in three different topic areas. Right. And it was just like they didn't do the same amount of work. And you just and you just saw it the next year. Well, they just didn't have that background. They didn't have that understanding of just like, yeah, sometimes you should have slogged through it. Mm. I mean, yeah. Um, it's I, been I, really I hard. think reform how I work. I think I think my partner Abby is is sort of by the ear, get your head down. Yeah, Archie's girlfriend is also a mechanical engineer, so she's I saw for I saw most like, pretty much most people the people I speak to most often are engineers. It's the worst. <laughs> they just um, it's like are you okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> yeah. That sounds like most of the engineers that I know. If if I could offer something as a as someone who worked in higher education and higher education policy and lectured and did exams and dissertations and things like that. The best thing you could do, and I'm, pro- I'm probably pointing this more at, at, at Archie than you, Ethan, uh, be, and that's not because um, you, 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 you appear more diligent. It's just I, I know a little bit more about kind of. No, it's it's I, I appear. I probably know a little bit more about kind of your subject area with regards to you know history, politics, humanities, that kind of thing. Basically, um, I tell I used to tell every student at the start of 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 their first year, second year, and third year. Go to the back of your student handbook book, look at the marking criteria and work yeah. backwards from that. Oh, no, I do that. That's a- you know, and none of them ever did because I'd asked them in their third year and they never did. And it basically tells you what to do for, I mean, for, I mean, for each grade. My mum is a lecturer at KCL um, in, well, like, she's an immunologist. Uh, I did some, something very STEMI. And so I think I, I'm very much like, I think it's a benefit that I don't come into sort of university completely clueless and just blind yeah. away on Red Bull. Like I do, I have somewhat of an idea what to do. You strategize. Yeah, I strategize. I, I could, you know, be a bit more it's organized proactive. chaos. It's organized chaos. Yeah. Yes. I think that's me. Just mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, to put it back to rowing, I think our coach, our coach Dan, he, he says very much with a student athlete, student comes first. You're not an athlete student, you're a student athlete. Yeah. 
Mm. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's like, no, no matter how much training we're doing, Dan will always say, if you've got an exam, you know, if you want to revise, just say, we won't, I, I don't care, you know. Yeah, is, as, I think it's really good. As in, like, as long as you kind of look, like let him know or let your captains know, like, look, I, I, this is going on, mm-hmm. like, that's like, it's, it's fine. And I think, I mean, I don't know if that's the same everywhere else. I don't want to make an assumption that yeah. they're okay. tent uh, at a different club. I just know that that's how we work, and it's it's really it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm. We we talked to Dan about um, athlete burnout and 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 that kind of thing. So do you do you guys feel like you're striking a balance between your your studies, your social life, your rowing, and your your blossoming social media um, influencer status? I think I've cracked it now. I think I think like. I, I, like I'm not going to exaggerate and say that we are the perfect. We have the perfect environment. It's, it yeah. gets right time. No, like I think, I I think it's with, with every student. It's trial by fire yeah. in, every, in every part of your, of your student life. I think that's a be- one of the benefits of going to university. I I still think that I've got a bit of a way to go personally. I think. I mean, you do do a hard degree. Yeah, no point yeah. arguing. <laughs> I think the good thing about, in my opinion, for with rowing whilst at university is that it allows you to have a different kind of focus like if I am spending 9am till 1am working on my degree and that you know I don't want to be doing that all the time I want to be able to go and do some exercise get those endorphins you know and um sort of just have something else to put throw my energy into which is why I am really thankful that I am running leaves because mm. sometimes you know I'll be more stressed about my degree than I am in, in, interested in rowing, so I want to do some more degree work. So I will be able to, I will, I'm able to take some time off rowing, or I'm able to do a bit more rowing if I want to get rid of the stress, like I said earlier, you know, getting, getting rid of stress, meditative action. Yeah. You know, again, like, I get the, this returns to the fact, you know, I do actually do work for my degree. This is, it's a bit of, a, it's a bit of an embellishment, but I, the amount of words that I just, just go through my head, like, just, it, it gets the switch, like, it gets to the point where you're reading so much, it just looks like gibberish. Um, like, you can't, and it's such it's as Ethan said, it's such a different type of focus. It's it's a cleanse, absolutely. Uh-huh. And I think that I've you know it's maybe because I've done maybe one more year of performance. Yeah, you did, yeah. You did, uh, in my in my first year, squad. I was in a different squad to Archie. I wasn't in a, a, the top the top performance squad because I chose not to. I chose not to. Yeah, because I had a well probably degree. well degree, and then juniors was was a bit more well. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, so and because of that, I think I managed to sort of work my way around it. And also through people telling me, like this organised chaos is a like you, you, my, your my life's gonna run out. So like I think now, and I've really kind of got a lot better. Sort of I've got my diaries, I'm planning out what I'm gonna do when, what like being setting realistic goals is important. Like I'm not gonna become, you know, we're not we're not gonna become the next all mark one, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I am. Um, what would your dream outcomes be then? So what I like, what, what in terms of your degree, I, you know, I obviously think you're both going to do well. I just, you know, I'm just, I'm not just saying that because you seem pretty together for all of the embellishing of, you know, the wild social life and all of the rest of it. But in your time at Leeds, what would your ideal outcomes be both for rowing and do, like, you know, you win the X at Henley at the same time as receiving your first and graduating at the head of the school sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so the, someone that I really, I really look up to is, is Kat Bishop because I, I want to go into the foreign office and diplomacy, and I don't know. I mean, she she's someone that I'd love the, her her job and the, her, what she did in sort of in, in in diplomacy. That's that's what I'd like to do. That that's the dream. I think maybe she might be a bit late to also get the Olympic silver medal, but you know, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and I mean that that's where I want to see my sort of occupation going um, with rowing. Like, I think for me, I assume my rowing career will probably peak online than rather than <laughs> on the water, which is fine. I, I want to just keep going. I want to I want to get a, a, a Leeds boat to Henley. Just that's yeah. you know I mean, it's uni events are tough. Like that, there's no there's no uh, there's no lie about that. A lot of there's a lot of boats are, are very close to us in speed, quicker and slower that might just just might get it on the day. So you know that that that's wishful, but I, think, I reckon yeah. we can do it if we all we'll work together. And for small lures, like who knows? Like I didn't yeah. get this big. I don't know how much bigger it can get without you know some, putting in money and putting more money time, and yeah. in a lot more time. So again, like we don't do it to grow yeah. social media account. We do it because we enjoy it. Yeah. And I think once that line's crossed, and we need to look at why we're doing this. But from mm. right now, like yeah. where we, we see something like we post oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. So I don't know. It's done you saw yesterday. There was a photo of me with my um, with my you know summer body posing outside the Cambridge lightweight boat, boat, boat the Cambridge lightweight minibus. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just funny. Yeah. It's fun. And I, I think in that, we just want to have fun. I mean, we've got yeah. our own aspirations in rowing and in life. Yeah. I really um, like, I think for me, I, there's a saying I really like. I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm quite career-focused. I like my, my family. <laughs> and the saying I like where is it, what is it, is if you, if you work a job you'll like, you like, you'll never work a day in your life. I think that's the aim for me. I want to find a job I really, really like so that I don't feel like I'm doing a nine-to-five, you know, slog at the office. I'm I'm a massive nerd. I'd love to work in like anything to do with space flight, satellites. You know, if someone if someone said you you know you can go to Mars, but you'll die on Mars, take it in a heartbeat. Um, mm. But then I, I think the, the other thing is we we were at Henley this year just to spectate and have a fun time. Oh, so much fun! And just being at Henley is Henley's just a fantastic place. Like, We've got some such it's weird so, stories. It's, as it's well. such a the experiences you have at Henley just. Fantastic. We, we, we um, uh, I think oh, seeing like, this is we both going to keep. I'm, I'm, I'm coming on to the story. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> watching like the sort of the caliber of athlete you see at Henley, watching Ollie's idler row around like he's such like, like, like every time like throwing around Ollie, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, he he's rowing like he's like on an erg rate twenty, even though he's smashing the diamonds, you know, and then just. Seeing the sort of level where I can get to, I would. Oh, hang on, wait, is it, wait, 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 no, no, no. I, I've got to stop you on this one. Oh, yeah. Did, was he rowing like one thirty nine ish at rate twenty for five? No, no, no. He, he was, he was racing, but like he, he was, he was high rate, but he looked so. He just smooth. looked. He looks. He's, he's expressionless. Yeah. But in in single just, scu- single scudding always looks slower rate right, than it actually yeah. is. Yeah. So, like, he he was like he was he was racing the boat like he was. Yeah. All like oh, right, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. Sorry, go. On. Yeah, and then like it's just seeing sort of level of athlete at Henley. It does also sort of inspire me to take rowing a bit further. You know, I'd like I'd love to get a boat to Henley for Leeds at some point. I'm love... I'm, I'm, I'm dreading because I know where you go. I just I'm dreading yeah. the story that's coming. Someone else who we met at Henley who I'm also really inspired <laughs> who inspired us. So great. So I'm from Cambridge and I've watched the boat race all the time. My Girlfriend has well, very well, very mild scoliosis. So Grace Prendergast is mm-hmm. quite a big inspiration of mine and my family. She's fantastic. Yeah, who's probably an inspiration. Yeah, and you've been inspiration and for anyone. So <laughs> we were in the um, this the Catherine Wheel slightly embarrassing variety, but it's just a great story. We were in the Catherine Wheel Spoons in Henley. Just sort of because it is the place to be, especially in the later weeks when yeah. everything makes a bit more. Yeah. You know, 
It's where all the rollers go. Yeah. Week. So it was, we took the first table available. We were looking for a table. We sat down, we sit down and then we see to our left the table that we've like sat, like basically the tables are aligned. We're like, oh, can we sit here? Like, yeah, fine, sure. So we sit down. And I think Archie notices black Tokyo 2020 blazers. So Archie's like, oh, like you guys wrote Tokyo this year. And then one woman said, oh, yeah, we did. And he goes, oh, how, you know, what, what were you racing in? How did you do? She, she said, oh, I, I was in the pair. You did oh, right. We did, and we did okay, yeah. And Archie goes, oh, really? Um, what's your name? Maybe I've heard of you. And she says, it's Grace. And I realised, because I'm looking at her like, you look familiar. And I realised, oh, shit, that's Grace Prendergast. And Archie goes, Grace what? What's your last name? Prendergast. <laughs> and I, I think my friend is like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm so sorry. So, I'm so sorry. How have I not recognised you? Yeah, so this is the woman that won gold in the pair. And she, she's she's like, set, oh, yeah, set, we did all right. She set the, the course record, I believe. Yeah, she's well, set yeah. the course record in the pair. And, and, Carrie? Kerry Gower, yeah, she was also sitting on the same table. Yeah, and but I, I was just, and to be fair, like it's just I don't know, every time I've ever seen a picture or a video of Grace Prendergast, she's in an all-in-one yeah. with a hat and glasses, so it's just sitting across from the table. Like, yes, yeah, seeing seeing an Olympian sitting there with a picture of Pims, you know, is you don't expect. She didn't have a picture of Pims, you know, yeah, she still, but yeah. She's, she was lovely. She was so, so nice. nice yeah. I've got so many weird things from Henny. Like we just, I was, especially in the later weeks, we're walking through Spoons and I kind of just bump in, I look up and it's the nearest first aid. Yeah. Like minimum six, like six, six. Yeah. I like, I meet, like sort of meeting all the American, like all the American colleges. California, Irvine, lovely people. Yeah. yeah. University of California, Irvine, all very, mm. very nice guys. They were lovely. But yeah. I think going to Henley and sort of meeting rowers who are just, leagues above what i am and what i will probably be it does it and like seeing how nice they are it does inspire you like it, it has inspired me like you know what what can i do with rowing so i, I i'm still undecided on what yeah. i want to do myself i think i believe i think rowing i never want to stop rowing i don't think yeah i think i think it's gonna be right. it's a sport for life i think yeah. Like, yeah another thing that's not publicized enough you can join at any age you can continue at any age well like i said my mum's just started rowing again for the first time in 25 30 years so, yeah. yeah yeah we we yeah, talked I mean, about we talked about Henley being kind of like there's the, there's so many different aspects to it. There's the rowing side, there's the social side. But for rowers, it's kind of like a meeting of the tribes. You know, everyone right. comes down from the hills, and you do meet. Um, I, I've talked about seeing Eric Murray and Hamish Bond in the pair, and Hodge and Reed in the pair there, and it was it was really uh, inspiring. I've also talked about a, a member of my family who was only five years old at the time meeting Steve Redgrave by running headfirst into his testicles. So you know, there there are swings and roundabouts. At Henley, yeah. he really he really needed the toilet at the time, though. Um, so yes, <laughs> so I mean, those sound like pretty solid ambitions, Lewin. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, one of the things is that I mean, sort of speaking as someone who's been doing this for close to as long as you guys have been alive, is the yeah, you should actually see it as a marathon, not a sprint. Your your entire rowing career, and yeah. you have this immense capability to get better and better and better if you keep going at it, like all the way through your twenties. Mm -hmm. But I think the only way to keep going at it all the way through your twenties is to have fun doing it. Yeah. To actually enjoy what you're doing to not have a constant right we're gonna sort of be on the fours head oh what is it no pairs head fours head eights head hen well dawny lake henley treadmill yeah, I mean, and actually get off that for a bit and oh, go and do that's a good expression yeah <laughs> 
um you know it, it's it's not wrong to do that it's not wrong, wrong to but you know go and sort of like have a year where you you know you live by the seaside and you do coastal yeah. worrying and yeah. mm. have a year out where you just ride mountain bikes or I something mean, like that I can, I can say with all confidence and this is not the club this is not these kind of clubs it's me but if I went to an HBC, if I went to a Newcastle, I, I, I would drop out. I, would, I, would, I, just, I wouldn't be able to hack it. I wouldn't, I, even if I could hack it, I wouldn't enjoy it or I'd burn out. And some, something would have to give it. It would either be my academics, which, you know, already, you know, not the most solid foundations. It's working now, but I'm not, they might, might not if I, there's other things in the mix. You're really giving me a lot to cut out before your mum hears this. Do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's heard it all before. <laughs> no, uh, we're getting leads, Mac. I'm, so do, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. But I know if I was in a different environment, like the relationship wouldn't work. And I, so I know that if I wasn't in a place like I am, I would drop out. I'd stop a sport that I love, a sport in which I've met one of some of my, my best friends, like sort of my partner. Like it, it's amazing. And I just wish. Well, I know. I just know that we that a lot of people would drop out because they're not in the right place. Be that a place that's too casual, a place that's too intense, mm. or a place that just isn't right for them. And I think it's important that, that there's more attention given to the range of options. Not there's no there's not necessarily a best option. We're we're not better than any other club. We're just right for us. Yeah. Guys, you know what? I think that's an absolutely brilliant point to end it on. Mm. I, I I think you couldn't have said it better. Ethan, Archie. Small Ergs, big dreams. <laughs> thank you very much. Ladies oh, and gentlemen. Thank you. Great, yeah. I'm so surprised you actually managed to get on a podcast. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> Follow it. It's, get, it's get small used to it. underscore big dreams. Yeah. On Instagram. On Instagram. I mean, Luke, we've, we've just ended it, and I would have said it anyway, but guys, you should get your own podcast. You'll smash the shit out of us. You're naturals. Oh, absolute you. naturals. Well, we, we, we absolutely love us. I mean, we just look, yeah. we, we were like so surprised. I mean, I think when you commented that, like, like, it was me when I, I was yeah, on the chat. I was, like, replied, I was yeah. like, oh, we'll get on the podcast. And I was so surprised you, you, you'd have us on because, I mean, I, I, I love the podcast. Mm. That's really kind of you to say because um, we, we haven't told anyone, but basically, ever since we started this, we've been making this shit up as we've gone along. <laughs> so, no, um, so agree. I mean, I've learned how to edit videos just this year, just, just again, through trial by fire. Yeah. But we're starting to head into the video age because we, we've realized that we're, we're probably missing a trick by just putting it out on, on audio. But I mean, seriously, we when Andy Hodge actually emailed saying, we've li I've listened to your first couple, can I come on? We actually had a phone conversation going, do, do, do you think it's really him? And yeah, Lou was like, and Lou was like um, do you think there's a professional Andy Hodge impersonator out there somewhere? Well, you know, someone might need a boathouse opening and he, he's busy and he sends his impersonator. <laughs> And he was like, "No, I, re I really like it. It's, re it's really refreshing. Can I come on?" How'd you, like, you get Eric on? Because I mean, he's well, he's literally. Just... We just dropped him a line on Twitter and said, "Do you want to come on?" And he's like, "Yeah, all right, mate." Yeah, <laughs> like, it was literally like that. I love oh. him. I met him once at British Indoors. Yeah, um, and like because like he was, I think he was advertising sort of the Ascent CI program that he's on, and we just walked over. And he seems so funny. He's great. He's you just know, absolutely great. He was he was amazing. He was like, "Yeah, man, I love a good party. When do you want to do it?" And it's like he was he was drinking, you know, coffee at six o'clock in the morning, going, "Yeah, we're, we're out of lockdown now. I can't start on the beers till after nine o'clock." It's like, wow, <laughs> Viking rowing god, fanboy. <laughs> <laughs>